next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Who that? And welcome back to Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as you. As always, Brendan Ertle. I'm alongside my great co-host, Nate Williamson. Nate, what's up? What's going on, man? Happy Sunday night. Hope you uh, had a good Sunday today. Yeah, I mean, any anytime the Saints can get a W on the weekend is a great weekend. It's always a great time when we can get a W, but even the weirdest Ws I'll take, I'm fine with. And the division uh, looked pretty good for the Saints this week in terms of, um, of course, winning and what needed to go in their favor. We always like to see the bottom teams kind of pull out wins to not get that top 10 pick. And that's kind of what happened with the Atlanta Falcons. The Carolina Panthers couldn't pull away. Uh, starting from the top, of course, Saints are number one, nine and two. And the Bucks fell to the Chiefs in a game that wasn't actually as close as the score said. You could say it was a close game, but Chiefs kind of had a hold of that game for the probably 58 minutes. The last two minutes, the Bucks kind of tacked on some trash time points, but of course now the Bucks fall to seven and five. Uh, they're second in the division. Falcons are four and seven. Panthers are four and eight, and that makes eight in a row for the Saints and a W. What are you, what are you thinking about the division? Man, all that hype for Tampa Bay, all that hype, and Tom Brady still doesn't have any weapons out on that field. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, they are absolutely choking their chances away. And I mean, there's gonna be a lot of teams in the playoffs. They're not in danger of losing that playoff spot yet. And I don't think they will be obviously, but man, they just do not look like they're playing right after the saints kind of grabbed them by the throat and pushed them up the wall and took their lunch money. Things just haven't looked good for them. Yeah. Before we talk about uh, this Denver game, the, the rumors kind of swollen around the NFL that Arians and Brady are kind of uh, knocking each other. I don't know about if those are true or not, but you gotta you gotta think Aaron's is a little upset that he brought in all of these pieces that Brady wanted, and it just hasn't been working out, especially with Antonio Brown and Gronk, uh, Leonard Fournette, Lashawn McCoy. You gotta have, um, you gotta think that Brady was in on those because they had their guy in Ronald Jones, they had their guy in OJ Howard, and so on and so forth. But we love to see them imploding. Um, we got the sweep on them, so we don't have to worry about them. They still have the Atlanta Falcons twice, and they got kind of exposed in the back end. So. Who knows what could happen the rest of the season, but um, this dang game this weekend was probably the weirdest I've ever watched, ever. Uh, let's talk about this quarterback situation with uh, Denver. I'm sure everyone's heard the story uh, too many times, but as we know, Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID. Um, that was that came Thursday, and who knows what actually happened from Thursday to the time of the game, but the common knowledge is the Broncos reported some not-so-truth info to the NFL. They weren't lying, but the nurse weren't necessarily telling the truth. And the NFL says, okay, well, we have this proof. Uh, whether it was wearing their mask or wearing their contact, contact tracers, who knows what it was. Uh, they kind of got caught in a little bit of a lie. And um, all the quarterbacks were inactive. And this is one of the weirdest games that I have seen uh, so far um, this season easily. But Kendall Hilton comes in, and he is a car salesman last week, and he's NFL quarterback this week. What do you think of hit? 
I don't know how to say his name, but what do you think of his performance in this week's game? I mean, I think we have to start it off by saying hats off to him. You know, I mean, he came in and did probably the hardest job on the NFL field at to boot. I mean, it's different. You're coming in, running back here, hand off the ball, try and find a gap, remember your coverages, whatnot. But I mean, you come in as a quarterback, you're in charge of this team. You're in charge. Even if it's a run play, that handoff with a guy that you don't know and is hard to do. I mean, that's tough. He, he came out. Um, and his stat line was, well, let, let's be honest, really bad, but that's not what it's about. You know, that's not what it's about at all. Um, a, a big hats off to him. That was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. And what a freaking story for him. Like, I mean, to tell one day and, you know, that's assuming that he can't still crack a squad or stay on a practice squad. Like, you know, who knows what next season is going to look like. Uh, with COVID, you know, seemingly on the way back up by most accounts and all the problems that we have, we could see expanded rosters next year. Again, we could see a bunch of different things. He might be able to squeak his way onto a practice squad or a full roster as a wide receiver in the spot that he is traditionally supposed to play. And I mean, what a chapter this was for him in his life. You know, like you said, you go from your average Joe selling cars, doing whatnot, uh, to being on an NFL field against a team that in the saints is one of the best teams in the NFL. And you can say, Hey, look, you know, I might've got rocked by Demario Davis a couple times, but I got rocked by Demario Davis a couple times. <laughs> like, like that's something me, you 90% of the world more than that actually is never going to be able to say. And he did a great job for me. I just want to make sure he gets that respect. You know, I'd love to get hit by Demario Davis. Just I would say too. I did it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Well, can we get that in writing? I'll, t- I'll try yeah. and DM him. I'll see if we can hook that up. It'll look yeah. like that commercial with uh, James Harrison. Say, I, you, just took, you took my quote. Yeah, I was going to say that. I'll, I'll sign up for that. I'll, I'll get paid to do that. But if you are pro, this game should have been moved, uh, whether you're a Broncos fan or a Saints fan. If you think this game should have been moved, Vic Bangio after the game said he is extremely disappointed in his quarterback room, not following protocols. He's disappointed that they should be the leaders. They should be wearing their mask. Vic Fangio knows the quarterback's messed up and they face the penalty. And that's something the Saints had to do yesterday as well. They got fined 500000 as seventh-round pick for not wearing their masks in uh, their locker room because, of course, the Saints are uh, taking videos of them dancing and whatnot. We all love that. Nothing's wrong with that. But um, I, guarantee, I can guarantee 95% of the NFL locker rooms aren't wearing masks after the game but the Saints are the ones to get caught. They face a penalty, and that's kind of what happened with the Broncos. And I, I hate that um, this kid had to be put in the situation. The Saints defense doesn't care. I mean, they don't care. Uh, I felt bad for him at home. He was taking a bunch of big hits from Camp Jordan, throwing picks left and right. Should have had at least four, some drops by the Saints. But this kid isn't – yes, he played quarterback in college, but his last two years he was mainly wide receiver. There's a reason he switched. I mean – I'll say this. If he was on the Saints for this game, he would have done so much better because that game plan they put in place for him, oh, my gosh, they were setting him for absolute failure. One of the hottest defenses in the NFL, and you are putting him – his first three plays are deep passes to Marshawn, to Janoris. I mean, just get him a couple easy passes. They they did have that one screen pass to Noah Fant later in the game. But, dang, like, come on. They couldn't even get the kid going. Uh, I understand that the the game plan was you had to figure it out in less than a few hours, but 
that's the best you got. I mean, come on. I seriously agree with you. I, 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 and it's not just homerism. It's really not to say that if he had been put in the situation on the Saints roster, uh, if the Saints had to, had to start somebody in a similar situation, they would have been in a way better spot. And, you know, the Broncos are the Broncos. They're not great. They're not horrible. But when you take away every single one of their quarterbacks and throw in a wide receiver off the street, literally, I mean, you got to do the kid some favors. You got to get him some short up-tempo passes, get him into a rhythm, get him back into that college-style offense. What they were running was not a college-style offense. It was a Drew Locke-style offense. And that's not only doing a disservice to him, that's doing a disservice to your tight ends, your wide receivers in a group, especially in the tight end category, that isn't bad. That has a lot of promising outlooks. You know, you don't have the best offensive line in there. It's not horrible. But like you said, you're opening this guy up to drop back and just get smacked by, like you said, the hottest defense in the NFL. And I mean, you know, Cam Jordan was doing what he could. You know, he we saw early on he had two really big pressures, you know, while he was throwing the ball. One was a sure pick that Janoris Jenkins couldn't hold on to. He was diving. Give him a little credit for that. But yeah, too many drops, first of all. But yeah, and, and I mean, you saw Cam Jordan afterwards, you know, make sure he was okay. Cam just kind of barely pushed him, you know. And I mean, that's really all you can do for the guy when his own team doesn't seem to really care that much. Yeah, I, I really hope he can do well with the Broncos moving forward. He was kind of in a situation with them, like JT Barrett was with us, getting cut, released, this and that. So uh, life came out of him real fast. He probably never thought he'd make his NFL debut this week, let alone start quarterback. So hats off to him. But I want to talk about the Saints offense for a little bit. Disclaimer, Taysom did not look good. Mm-hmm. But you cannot take too much out of this game. I am not going to say he's not the future. He's the future from this game because this is a quote from Sean Payton. He said um, he played exactly how he wanted him to play. Um, and he said something about, he know, it doesn't look aesthetically pleasing, but it's the way they wanted him to play that they said they completely changed the game plan. The second they got off the plane, knowing they weren't going to play a quarterback. Um, I'm sure that playbook completely changed and it turned into a very conservative playbook where it was hard for Taysom to really stand out, but the throws he did have weren't good. I'll give him that. He did not have a good day, but uh, like Sean said, he did exactly what he wanted to. He uh, he turned the ball over once, but that was a tip ball. Maybe he shouldn't have been thrown. It was good coverage, but it wasn't like he was out there fumbling the football, throwing picks. He game managed and got them out of the game real quick, and that's exactly what they want him to do. I'll look more to next week to see how he does. Um, I still have that Atlanta performance in the back of my head, which was impressive. And I'm not going to dock him too much for this game because, I mean, the main goal was to get out. And yeah. I think they did that very well. Yeah, it's like we were saying before we went on, you know, this team wasn't in here to throw for 300 yards. This team wasn't in here to run for 300 yards. They didn't come in with a goal like that. They didn't say, okay, we're playing, you know, Tampa Bay. We're going to try and target their cornerbacks uh, and lock down Mike Evans. You know, it, it was more of a game plan of we're going to come in here we're going to pressure the run because we know they're going to run the ball a lot on defense. And we are just going to do what we know we can succeed at on defense, which a lot of the times is those short screen passes or planned runs. You know, we had a lot of QB runs. There was a lot of Latavius Murray. Of course, we'll talk about him heck of a game he had today. And, you know, it was a lot of stuff like that. It was a lot of let's get out of here and move on to the real challenges injury free relatively uh, and with a sure win, we don't want to be going into this one late and have it be a toss up. Um, because as we've seen, 
since the creation of the Saints franchise, this is the type of game that some teams, even recently, would have lost. Yeah, absolutely. Taysom's performance definitely wasn't one of his best. Um, But I can guarantee you this. He took three sacks. He waited to throw the ball way too long. This was something we were concerned about. And I guarantee Sean Payton, before the game, said, like, came up to his face, do not throw picks. Do not turn the ball over. And when he's sitting back there, he's thinking, oh, gosh, I do not want to throw a pick. I don't want to make the wrong decision that's in the back of his head. Um, That's just getting mentally – they talked about in the game his his progression in the pocket, and he's been talking to Drew Brees and trying to get that better. And so I'm not going to dock him too much for this. Yes, he didn't play well. Uh, we'll look on Atlanta next week. But you know who looked really freaking good was Latavius Murray. You just mentioned him. Um, they didn't carry Kamara too much. I like that. Just get him home healthy. He's dealing with a little bit of a foot bruise. Who knows? But Latavius Murray, when they can get him 20-plus carries – Man, I, I was, I've been talking off-stream about how good Latavius has been, but if you look at what Mark Ingram's done in Baltimore these past few years, honestly, it hasn't even been close to what Latavius has done with the Saints. And if you put Mark Ingram back on the Saints, I think they are in a better situation with Latavius right now because he did, he did put the ball on the ground today, um, but he hasn't in the past. He's always gotten you three, four yards. He doesn't have the the fumbling issues like Ingram had. I think he's played really well. And if moving forward, if they get into a game, um, kind of like they did today where Taysom can't get into rhythm or Drew can't get a rhythm, you can lean on Latavius and he can get you 100 yards. He had 100 and uh, what? 124 yards on 19 carries. So we didn't even get that 20 carry mark, but he's been so close to breaking one out all year. It's it's felt like so close. One strucing tackle and he's gone. Finally gets a nice jump cut, gets to the end zone. He gets two touchdowns today. Hope you had him in fantasy, not Kamara, because Kamara, uh, he kind of took a rest day a little bit. He had one catch for negative two yards and 11 carries, 54. Totally fine with that. I mean, this is a game where you can't take much from the offense or defense, honestly. But overall, I was happy with the performance. And uh, let's see, Michael Thomas also had four catches, 50 yards. That's something I want to see Taysom continue to get in a rhythm with Michael. Don't know how long Drew will be out for. For sure, one more game, and we will see uh, if it's Philadelphia or if it's Minnesota or Kansas City. I just want Drew to come back when he feels like he can get hit by a 300-pound man and not have his 10-year-old son sit on his chest. Yeah, that's going to be the important thing overall is making sure he gets back healthy enough because, A, now the Saints have a little bit of breathing room in the division. They do, and, you know, in the – in the conference, not quite. Of course, we know that's going to be a battle all year long. But the division is really the important thing. That home game is what we always look for. That's what we lock on to. They've got a lot of buffer between them relatively because what we thought they were going to have was nothing. And we thought at the beginning of the season it was going to be a down-to-the-last-game type of thing. Tampa Bay's fallen off. The rest of the division isn't as good as we thought they were. Got some barriers. Got some buffer there between you and the next team. Taysom and Jameis, you know, whoever they want to roll with, they're capable enough. You've got two capable backups that can play a game plan, manage it well enough to let your stars kind of take the show away uh, and get even some of your not stars. We saw Latavius Murray today, you know, take the game and control it and get you a win. You know, this game against Kansas City that's coming up in the long term, you know, it'd be great to have Drew back for that, but it'd be more important to have him back for if they play Kansas City again in the Super Bowl. (laughs) 
You know, it, it's all about looking down the line for this team because after this year, you know, they built the team well. Uh, but once again, that quarterback situation where you don't have Drew Brees is more likely than not going to become permanent rather than temporary. I know that first that first seed and the bye week is super freaking important. It can win you Super Bowl uh, or lose you one if you have just the extra week of rest is so important. But this year you might even not get that if things happen in COVID's way. There's it's gonna be 16 team playoff and the first team doesn't get a bye and they'll have to play the first week. And the first seed is just not that more important. Yes, you're playing the ace seed in the NFC, but you're still playing a game. It doesn't matter um, who you're playing. If, if whether it's the Jets or the freaking Kansas City Chiefs, it's it's hard on your body. I guarantee there's lots of Saints right now that are hurting, even though it's an easy game. The offensive line, uh, those guys need to get healthy. Just banging bodies takes a toll on on you. But talk about banging bodies. I want to transition to freaking defense. And before we talk about that, they've broke two records today, one being holding 100-yard rushers uh, to under 100 yards against them. That that makes it 54 straight. That's an NFL record. Um, don't care too much about that one because it's all relative. But the main thing is that they're the second-highest run defense in the NFL. That should change um, in the coming weeks. They should be first. I think Tampa's first right now, and they've kind of fell off in that category. But the other record is a franchise record, 112 total yards. That's a franchise record. Yes, they played the car salesman quarterback, but it doesn't really matter whether it's high school, college, NFL. If you know a team's going to run the football, it's not easy to stop the, stop the run. I mean, if you know it's coming, there's different things you can do, but it's never a guarantee to stop them. They could have ran... Um, if they were having success running the football, it could have been a completely different game. But uh, we're kind of spoiled with this Saints run defense because it's been excellent with Demario and Quan Alexander. And when they did seem to get a little bit of, of momentum on offense, it was it was over the next drive where there was a pick. Um, who knows what uh, tackle for loss? It, they were just swarming all over, and Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon were were really held to nothing all game. Royce Freeman as well. I mean, hats off to the defense. Any given Sunday, they balled out today. Yeah, no, they definitely did. And I, I mean, I'm going to quote, I mean, this was a quote from when I was watching college basketball the other day. You know, I was, I'm an Illinois basketball fan and some people listening will know that. But overall, they said they were going to reach this points record. And one of the alumni is actually calling the game as the color commentator. And he says, records are meant to be broken no matter the situation around them. Even when you're playing a bad team, that's when you want to break records. That's when you want to be good. That's when you really want to be able to say, hey, look, we took this team on. We were expected to win. And we not only won, we dominated. We broke our own records. And then you build off of that and you say, look at what we did to this team. We might be the best team in the NFL. Let's keep this uh, expletive going down the road. And until that last trash time drive, they were under 100 yards. They were at like 80 and when they brought in the, the reserves to play defense, they uh, I think Royce broke it like a 20 or 20, 25 whatever yard run, and that brought them to 112. I mean, this they really held them to nothing all game. And it's not like they played um, a freaking high school team. They played a high school offense, but they played NFL players. I mean, it's never easy to sh- uh, shut down a guy like Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay. Those are two elite guys. And in the backfield, I'm sh- like I'm sure they can win a game. Uh, some team, they could beat some team with that formation. Those are two very good guys. But uh, 
the Saints defense has been playing at an elite level. If you go back and listen to our first podcast, I'm sure if we heard this one, we'd be uh, crying happy tears on how good this defense is playing. And if Taysom continues to be average, that's okay. If this defense is playing how it's playing, we start start sizing you up your rings because, mm-hmm. yep, that's how it's going to turn out. No doubt. I think they said it best on the broadcast. You know, they they said the Saints defense in recent years has been kind of slow to get going. And we saw that for sure uh, this year. But the important thing is that they turn it on when it counts. And hopefully they'll be able to continue it on when it counts in the playoffs coming up. And, you know, I like what you said if they did. Wow. Because, you know, that offense is going to roll through somebody. There's too many weapons for it not to. Last bit of news before we roll on to Atlanta and end the podcast. Uh, the injury report, Callaway uh, had a knee injury. He was out and did not return. We will know more about him later. And the main news with Janoris Jenkins and what happened to his left leg, it was a knee injury, and Nick Underhill said he um, prevented significant knee injury. He should be fine. Uh, he was very close to who knows what, blowing that knee, tearing something. I mean, if you go back and watch the play, it was really a scary look on how he kind of fell on that knee. So he dodged significant injury. Knock on wood, that doesn't happen again. Rankins came off IR. He should be back um, in the coming weeks. So some good injury news for the Saints. There's been some teams around the league who have really struggled with that. So staying healthy will be the key. And uh, one last thing before we have the podcast. These past 28 days, the Saints have only allowed three touchdowns you but 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 listen to the numbers 28 days three touchdowns it's falcons hate week is it a coincidence nope my gosh nope as duns would say i'm legally not allowed to acknowledge what that joke means but we are (laughs) 28 to 3 we are it's falcons hate week again and we'll be coming at you guys later this week with another Falcons Hate Week podcast. Look out for that one. Blow it up like you guys did last time. We appreciate all the support we got on the podcast. We love you guys and the Houdat Nation. So make sure to follow us on Twitter. I'm Brendan. He's Nate. As always, Houdat. 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 Let's go. We on the road. The next stop.